Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve-Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight-era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story-driven and rules-light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. Okay, let's jump right into it. Let's start by introducing our players. We're going to go with Terry. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm Terry Gamble. I'll be playing Alizé Carew, shopkeeper, sometimes werewolf. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> hi, everyone. Kelsey Osborne playing Maggie Cooper. I don't know what she's doing right now, but she's pretty pissed off at Craggy. There is that. <laughs> hey, I am Mac Beauvais. I am playing Ethel Prendergast, who is very unhappy about a family reunion right now. And I'm Michelle Otis, and I am playing Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms. <laughs> so on our last episode, basically a lot of stuff happened. I'll just touch upon a few of the main things. Yes, Ethel's father is here from the States looking after Ethel and the home. And there's a lot of tension there because of past things that have happened and family friction. He is stubbornly staying in the house and, and not leaving. The other things that happened was the Baroness came by and visited Alizé and they had a conversation about the marriage between Benny and, and herself. We also had the mice children and the fox try to change Maggie into one of them and she got away and then almost immediately after Craggy showed up because he I had, had been, a great day. He, he had been tipped <laughs> off by the uh, street urchin kids that Maggie was still in town. And he got angry and showed up to basically shoot her in the head. And he tried to shoot me. He is now in custody. And the show ended with all of you at the British Museum looking up information about... Library. The, the library, the British Library, looking up all of the different... Library. Library. <laughs> there is no place more exciting than the library. Nah. <laughs> Tis my favorite. I have library cards in San Diego, in Glendale, and Los Angeles on my keychain at all times. Because I'm that kind of girl. It's like, in an emergency... We need the library. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended with you guys finding out more information about the masks and how the spells are cast and how to get the masks off from a book about Celtic folklore. So that is where we are at. I think that's the quickest I've ever summed up anything. You guys were looking for ways to translate different runes. Mac, what exactly were you looking to do? Are you trying to translate the specific spell? Just what they say, because we actually don't even know what they say. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's a spell. I don't know if oh, it's, Oh, on his know, face or on her body. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't know if it's, you know, hey, property of Sir <laughs> like, You know, what does it say? After you guys get all this information and you, you study these runes, and you're able, Alizé, to remember a few of the different symbols, it does seem like... Each of the runes has some kind of connection to whatever the mask is. The rune might be like quick of foot if it's the fox. It's not a spell as much of it as it is abilities 
from the different creatures. Each of the runes uh, represents some kind of animalistic ability. And then some of the runes you just can't figure out. They're just... They're not in any of the different things. You guys spend hours and hours at the library going over tons of different stuff. And it's starting to get late, and they're going through and, and closing up. But you've gotten that this is the information that you've gotten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we need to take any of these books with us? No, I think we've taken good enough notes, don't you, Ethel? I do believe we have the information that we need at present. Because I'm happy to stash them in my petticoat if we need to take books from the library. I appreciate your ingenuity, Maggie. However, I think I think we're good. All right, if you're sure. <laughs> so let's yes. go home. Nervous laughter, nervous laughter. Yes, I think we're fine. Let's go home. Let's have ourselves some supper and, um, and get a fresh start, yes? Oh, that sounds lovely. Eugenia, uh, I hate to impose, but I would like to ask if I may stay at your residence this evening. Of course it's no imposition at all. And when I say let's go home, my home is always open to you. I appreciate it more than I can say right now. Is everything all right at your place? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, it is not. Oh no, what's going on? What's wrong? My father showed up. Oh, yeah. Apparently the court reached out and told him he needed to come out and supervise me. They made you his ward? I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, how dreadful. He I'm is, so sorry. He is most unpleasant. Well, of course you may stay at my house. I I would never subject you to, to that. <laughs> like I said, it is most appreciated. So you guys head back to the house. It's starting to get late. Eric is gone. He's the fox man that you guys, that the general right. knocked out, and you were able to get the mask off his face. Dinner is served. At some point, Mrs. Fitch comes up to you, Eugenia, and she goes, While you were out today, you had a a caller who came by looking for you, and um, he left a note. But if I'm being honest, ma'am, I'm not sure I should give it to you. Who was it? Well, it was uh, Lord McNevin. You remember him, correct? Oh... Oh, after all this time? That's what he said several times. I can only understand so much of the man. Well, you know, you know how they get when they get older. It's not that. He's Scottish. Oh, well, yes, that's true as well. I've never been able to understand Norse... Norse, uh... Anyway. I just, I... I struggled with whether I should even tell you proprieties and all. I completely understand, and I I appreciate that you that you did wrestle with this, but I am a grown woman, and I I can make my own decisions. Uh, of course, ma'am. Here's here's the note, and just she hands you this note, and it it just says lunch with a question mark and the name of the local cafe and a time for tomorrow. I, I flush a little bit. Anyway, uh, good night, Mum. Thank you, Mrs. Fitch. 
Maggie, mm-hmm. obviously you went through a lot. It's been oh, a day. A day. <laughs> so are you, is there anything like it's nighttime, do you want to leave? A lady of the oh, evening. A lady of the evening. <laughs> Tis my time, Tis as your all. Or do you just want to go to sleep? I think I might do like a discreet little perimeter walk just around Eugenia's home to make sure it doesn't look like anybody is watching the house that looks like maybe one of Craggy's people would be planning something for the evening. Staying close to the... Just walk around. To the, yeah. Walk around the perimeter. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, make an idea roll for me. Okay. Is that just... That's against your intelligence, yeah. A 91 <laughs> over my 80. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of a damn thing. Nope, 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 nope. It's been a long day. Yeah. So you walk around the perimeter, and no, you don't, you don't see anybody. And at some point, you just retire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ethel, what would you like to do? Are you just looking to go to sleep? Do you want to try to study some more? Do you want to see if anything makes any sense, or is it like just time for bed? Uh, I think that she'd be studying some more, uh, taking another look at the fox mouth, seeing sort of what level of decay it's at. Yeah, throughout the day it's gotten, like within a 12-hour period, it has broken down quite a bit. Yeah. Um, if uh, there were any books that seemed like they might be helpful in uh, Eugenia's collection, that I'll be pouring over those in okay. my room. All right. Um, so at some point you fall asleep. You don't know what time it is. Obviously, you're just because you're constantly going over books. And we'll get right back to you. Alizé, mm-hmm. after you eat with the family and everything, you go back up to your room. and My cage. Your cage. You shut the door. And nobody was in the room when you shut the door. And then as you turn around, there's somebody there. One of your pack brothers is sitting on the the bed, and he's not changed at all, but you you recognize him. I've been expecting you. Adrian looks at you and says, Are you happy here? What, in this cage? No. Am I happy with my life? And what's the possible? Yes. How about you? Well, I mean, I enjoy the hunt. I enjoy being free. But I'm not here to talk about me. I was sent here to find out if this is what you want. Yes, I'm staying. We're looking for a solution. If you'd like to join us in the hunt for a solution to be set free, truly free, you're welcome to help. There's no freedom in being attached to a thing that compels you constantly, that tugs and rips at your insides and your soul and pulls you out of this place. That's not freedom. It's a little ironic we're standing in a cage while you're saying all that, of course. Of course. Irony is not lost on me either. You want to be free from your wolf form. Yes, don't you? No, I love it. What about your family? What about your friends? What about your life you had before? The pack is all those things. Life before doesn't really matter. What was your life before, Adrian? I don't even know. Do you even remember? Are you have anything linking you back? Not really, no. So no one cares enough for you in your former life, is what you're saying. I have people that care for me here more than I've ever felt in my entire life. And that is what keeps me here. That is true freedom in love. Well, I'll let him know. And he walks out of the cage, almost like he's like an apparition. He walks through the bars. I'll let him know how you feel. Good luck. Bye. Same to you. Okay. 
Eugenia, what are you doing? I think she's going to ponder over this note for a little bit. Mm. Um, but she's probably going to retire for the evening to her room. Because, <laughs> of course, they have separate rooms. No. Yes, of course. They would never sleep. No. What is oh, this? The, the East End? <laughs> Right. Well, and the general snores. That's funny. Yes, he does. (laughs) Ethel, you fall asleep and you're in a chair because you're studying over books and whatnot. And you suddenly find yourself walking on a dock and the sun is out. It's really bright with these huge marshmallow-like clouds in the sky. They're just low and hanging and just everything's very vibrant. And you notice that there's a ship flying in the air. It's a, it's a big galleon with huge white sails making its way across the, the port. There are an awful lot of things around you that are humanoid doing different jobs, moving crates, doing dock work, but they're not human. And a few feet away from you, it looks like Easter is sitting on top of one of these big crates. Uh, I'm going to go over to that particular crate, you know, probably pet Easter and pick her up and look at the crate that she was sitting on. Though I'm very glad to see you, you you can't hold me here. You need to put me back down before one of the others sees sees me being held by a, a human. Uh, I'm sorry? Can you make a sand check for me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, which is 65. Uh, 13. So you're, Ooh, you're okay. You're totally okay with this. <laughs> you're like, Easter's talking to me, okay. Well, I mean, we have conversations yeah, all the time. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, do you place him back down? Yeah. Her down? Okay. I don't mean to startle you. This is the only place that I can I can try to speak your language. It's it's difficult. I will try my best to understand uh, this situation and what was so important that you needed to contact me here. The nasty woman. Um, the, mm, the Mabel? Yes. Mm. I know where she's at because she's holding your essence. She's using the power you used to have. And because she's using it, I can sense her because we live together. You and I. Does that make sense? As much sense as anything does at this moment. Well, she is in a building not far from where your friend Maggie used to live. And they're practicing magic with your blood. They're going to run out, though, soon. And they're going to want more. So you need to be careful. I appreciate the warning. You also need to know that when they're doing spells, they're in a different state of mind. They're here in this world. So do with that as you you can. Could you show me where they are? Fortunately, not here, but 
tomorrow I'll uh, find a way to, to show you. I can't speak to you in that world, though. I understand. I will come by the house in the morning, and we will go from there. Okay. And then you just suddenly sit up. So you wake up around 2 or, or 3 o'clock in the morning, and the house is completely still. It's just you and your thoughts. Hmm. I get dressed and try to uh, quietly leave Eugenia's because it's occurred to me that it's probably better to move at night. So I'm going to head back home and try to very quietly go uh, find Easter. It's easy enough to get out of Eugenia's because they're all in their own rooms. Because I don't, are you, were you planning on going anywhere this night or no? Or did you no, go to sleep? Okay. I was just retiring to my. Yeah. Quarters. So everybody's in their own room. So that's easy enough. But getting into your house is, is harder. Sure. You get back there and you're going to have to make a stealth roll to get into the house. All right. That'll go real well for me, I'm sure. Yikes. We've talked about the unstealthiness of these shoes before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not good. That's a 60 over my 40. So do you want to push it or no? I think I have to. Okay. That was worse. <laughs> no. <laughs> you slowly start opening the door and you hear this creak that just, you know, reverberates through the house. And your father, who's fallen asleep in the, the main den, you, you hear him quickly, like, wake up. Oh, Ethel, is that you? No, it's one of the ghosts. <laughs> At least you still have your wry sense of humor. Why are you coming back so late? That is none of your business. I don't know. The court might disagree, and I'm just worried about you. I'm sure you are. Enough to go snitching to the court. Well, I mean, I am responsible for you, and if you kill another person, I have to explain to them again what happened, just like all the rest of the times. I've had enough of this conversation. I'm going to my room. Suit yourself. I will. So you go upstairs. And Easter's asleep on the bed. Mm -hmm. Go over and uh, start petting Easter and get her to wake up and see how she reacts. Or if I was having cuckoo banana dreams. Right. She wakes up and she jumps off the bed, kind of looks at you, and then starts running down the stairs. She does seem like she's trying to get you to follow her. I am going to do that. Okay. You're walking through the streets, and it's your typical London night. There's, like, light drizzle and some fogginess and everything. And Easter's a few feet away from you up ahead, mm -hmm. and you hear the sounds of howling not far away, of wolves making their way through the streets. I'm going to trust that Easter has enough in, uh, instincts to avoid larger predators. Okay. And keep following Easter to a T. Okay. Sure enough, at some point, Easter gets off the road and gets into an alleyway, and you see a pack go by. Alizé. It's late at night, and suddenly 
for some reason, you get a sense of your old pack and you get a sense of your friend, Ethel, nearby. It just kind of lights up in your brain. And you realize that the two are close to each other for some reason. I am going to set myself free from this cage and go find where they're at so I can see if I can help save her if something is going to go wrong. Okay. So it's not difficult for you to get out of the cage. Basically what you do is you start to transform and as you're transforming, you shove yourself between the bars because your bones are more malleable then. So you slowly ease your way through the bars and get out on the other side. And once you get into the air and um, the moon isn't full, but it's you can feel it's the power close. of it. Yeah. Ethel, Easter is up on a high ledge, and you can tell she's trying to be quiet, but she's also like try, moving in a way, like pacing back and forth. And you can hear the wolves kind of sniffing around. Mm -hmm. Do you want to try to climb up, or do you want to hide in one of the trash things, or like... What do you want to do? Uh, I want to get to higher ground. There is climb. Do you have anything in climb? I, I doubt it. Just the, the normal 20%. Okay. So give me a climb roll. No. <laughs> That's real bad. No. Yeah, 66 over 20. Okay. Alizé, you're sniffing the air trying to figure out which way Ethel and your pack are. You can hear them in the distance as you're running through the streets. Suddenly you start to lope. You've only changed part way enough to get through the gate, but then you realize that you need to change fully. And so you let the feeling of the moon sink into your skin and you begin to change completely. You go to all fours, galloping quicker and quicker and then break into a full-on run. Soon you find the wind whistling by your ears as you're going through alleyways looking for your friend. Finally, you're fully wolf. Your entire body is covered in hair. Your clothes have long fallen off, and you feel the rush of the wild, of running, of being truly free. And you come around the corner, and Ethel is trying to climb up a very wet wall as your pack is coming around the corner on the other side and seeing her because she's made noise trying to climb. What do you want to do? I'm going to jump in the middle between my friend and the pack. Okay. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to bristle my teeth mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. at them to give them a warning that they are not to mess with her. Ethel, that gives you the time you need to scurry up the wall to the ledge where Easter is. One of the wolves in the pack uh, jumps up and tries to attack you. Okay. It jumps forward and misses you. Mm -hmm. How do you want to respond? I'm going to attack back, I think, because, okay. well, I'm a freaking wolf. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> I don't like it. So your fight for when you're in your werewolf form is 50%. 50, yeah. So I just got a um, 39. Okay, so you, uh, let's mm -hmm. see if they can dodge it all. 
Yeah, it dodges out of the way. Mm -hmm. And you, you're kind of encircled at this point. You've got mm -hmm. like, there's four of them. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of moving around you in a way, hunting you almost. Mm -hmm. And Ethel, you're able to use this distraction, like I said, to get up the side of the wall to the mm -hmm. little ledge. Is there anything you want to do or? Um, I do believe, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, that uh, the general had shown us how to use firearms, and so I've got a firearm with me, so I think I'm going to uh, try and shoot at one of the wolves, at least to scare them, if nothing else. Okay. So, um, give me a, a fire. I got a 12 under my 50. Okay, so you, nice. you hit one of them. Um, now, the bullets that you have aren't really going to damage it much, but it does shock it. That's what I was looking for more right. than anything, is to scare it. That gives you an opportunity, Alizé, to mm -hmm. attack or, or run or whatever. It basically opens up because it, they, they weren't expecting it. How many wolves are there? Four. Four. Um, I don't really feel safe leaving her by herself without extra defense too, even though I know she's got great firearms. Right. But I'm also not necessarily in my correct mind either. Right. <laughs> so I may run, but I feel like I'm just gonna like, I don't know, run around the perimeter back and forth kind of still. I still am trying to hold my ground. I still wanna hold my ground there. Okay. So they kind of, like after getting hit by her and you showing up, they kind of lose interest in her and are kind of following you. Mm -hmm. One of them's injured or at least shocked and he's kind of a little bit farther back. And as you round a corner, the Cerninos is there. You know in that moment that he's the one that called out to you to tell you where Ethel was and why you were able to find her. He waves for the pack to go away. He bends down on one knee because you're now mm -hmm. full wolf. And he kind of looks into your eyes. He just puts his hand out towards your muzzle and strokes right over your head. I bare my teeth at him. <sighs> I try to snap at his hand. Okay. Move it off, of his, off my head. All right. Give me just an attack. No, not great. 70 over 50. Okay, so you miss. He smiles just a little bit. And he just fades out of existence in front of you. I'm sad. I, like, shake my little head and, yeah. like, walk. <laughs> I'm just picturing set. this wolf going, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's so upsetting. It is upsetting. And then I walk back to go find, um, to see how Ethel's doing. Okay. So as you're walking back, you can feel yourself getting control again mm -hmm. and kind of changing back a little bit. And sure enough, Ethel is up on the ledge off the ground. By the time you get back, you still have your, um, like, part wolf. But the beautiful coat. There. Yeah. <laughs> Alizé, is that you? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Are you in control of your faculties? I nod yes. And do you think you can fully change back? And I'd struggle. Um, but I ultimately nod yes. Well, uh, I suppose I should fill you in. 
and she's gonna go ahead and relay um, just the the dream and All and everything with happened. Easter and uh, the fact that Mabel's been using her blood, right? All of that. And I think maybe I should go visit Mabel. <laughs> well, we are on route to do that just now. Perfect. All so, right. you guys keep yeah. heading. You keep following Easter. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little bit more time passes, and you guys get down to this. It's East End adjacent. There's a <laughs> lot. It's near the Thames, and there's a lot of like warehouses and all of that good stuff. You guys come to this warehouse, and you see a woman out front. She's got on a cloak with the hood drawn over her head. She's by the front door, and Easter kind of stops, sits down, and looks towards the building, and then looks towards you like, this is it. I do not know precisely what walking in there would entail, or how many are in there. Um, Is there a chance that you could sniff out how many might be in there? Yeah. I can do that. And so... (laughs) Wolf out a little bit. I'm gonna do a little go up to, like, wherever they're... Sniff where I feel like there's humans or people or something going on. And um, I find the area um, of the house that they're congregated in. I can also smell the blood, probably, or whatever's remnants of whatever they're trying to do in blood rite. Mm-hmm. Right. You'd probably know it was Ethel's blood, even. Oh, yeah. I, I know what she smells like. Yeah. Um, I got a keen sense of smell. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to figure out where they're at. I'm going to circle back. All right. Uh, well, Ethel. you have a track of 90% when you're in this uh, thing. So <laughs> unless you roll terribly, you'll mm-hmm. probably be fine. Okay. So, um, 34. That's like 99. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you can totally tell that there's at least five people in there. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that they've all partaken in at least some amount of blood. Mm-hmm. But you're not sure what that entails. I mean, you can just smell it. But it does seem like they might actually be asleep. Because you aren't sensing movement as mm-hmm. much. I come back to Ethel and let her know as much. Um, however I let her know. <laughs> it's like, mm, two, three, four, five. <laughs> um, okay. And um, I um, think that I can break in. And I'm going to try to go in. All right, so that will be a stealth roll, mm-hmm. which for in your form right now is 60%. Do be careful. <laughs> and I growl back at her. <clears throat> 31. Ooh. Ooh. Those right. big padded feet. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get in there, um, this is what you see. Uh, it's a large room, basically a warehouse that's been completely emptied out. There's nothing in there except for the support beams, um, and it's relatively large. So obviously Mabel spent a lot of money to be able to take up one of these places. On the center of the floor, carved into the wood, 
is a large, what you would guess is a magic circle of some sort with several different carvings and runes and, and all that good stuff in there. And then there are several men lying around. Everyone's naked, but the men have been ritualistically killed and drained. As you do. As you Mm -hmm. do. The five women are in the center of the circle. Each of their bodies is pointing towards a different part of a star in the middle of it with their hands extended out towards the center. And they're floating about a foot off the ground. Oh, perfect. (laughs) There you go. So can I get just a quick sand check? Because you're... If I just saw something crazy. That's that's a scene. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I was like Suspiria. Anyway. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. Uh, 19? Does that work? Yeah, yeah. I'm You're okay. Fine. You're okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be okay. You're like, whatever. I've been in the other world slaughtering stuff with my pack. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you do notice that Mabel is there, and you had heard that Kate Plum was in America, but Kate Plum is also there. Mm. So they are both there floating like two feet off the ground inside this circle. Oh my goodness. I don't think I want to stay in here. Okay. I think I'm going to try to sneak back out because I've so far gone unnoticed because they're... What do you need? The book you said you need? Ooh. Well, I guess I have to check and see if I can steal that book. That's a stealth roll. Just yeah. get a 60. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to look. Ooh! Oh, 25! <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared to take that. I literally did that with my eyes closed. They were closed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, 25. Yes. Sure enough, okay. you, you grab the book, you mm-hmm. find the book, it's not very far. Yes. Now you have to make one more roll. Roll to, to get see out. if I can get out of there without my tail flicking on yeah, something and right. like knocking, knocking some, some shit down. Because you know that's what happens. Okay, look how let's go. That's terrifying. 38. Yay. Oh my gosh. Oh. You're on a roll. When it counts. Yeah. Literally. It's when it counts. <laughs> so, uh, Ethel, 10 minutes goes by. And you're nervous the entire time, obviously. Um, And you hear Alizé come around the corner, and she's got the book in her mouth. You you were able to retrieve the book. I unclench my jaws and hand it over to you. And and Ethel kind of, like, clutches it to her chest. All right, so... You guys get out of there. And then I say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back. and I'm like, <laughs> let's go back to Eugenius. <laughs> so, uh, I'm like, hop on. I'm like, let's get out of here. Let's go in a circle. Yeah, like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta yeah, go. Hop on, like, we gotta get out of here. It is crazy in there. So after, <laughs> the closer that you get to Eugenius, the more you feel in control. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're able to kind of turn back and by the time you guys get this whole thing takes a couple of hours so it's like four in the morning by the time you get back to Eugenia's house you guys get back inside and you can smell the smell of uh, tea and something else down from the servants quarters as they're getting up to get ready to start cooking for the day and do you guys what do you guys want to do Ethel's gonna return back to her room and try and get a little bit of sleep clutching the book to herself as she's sleeping, and I imagine Easter's with her as well. Yeah. And I've also relayed, as we walked back, all this information of, like, what the hell we just... I just saw 
and we need to tell the women when we when everyone's up in the morning. Okay. So morning comes, you guys have breakfast, you guys relay all this information. This is after the general has left for the day to work. Eugenia, I'm imagining every once in a while you look at the clock as the day kind of starts up and time seems to be flying by quicker than you would like it to. It just dawns on you real quickly that once you get start talking about the East End mm-hmm. and the warehouse and all the things going on. And then I realize I haven't seen Wilford this morning. Or, yeah, or, or in a few or days. Or like, yeah. Wait, where is Wilford? Uh, I, I haven't seen him. I've not seen him either. We, we've got to go to his apartment. Like, like right now, we've got to go. And I just, like, start picking up my stuff. Well, all right. Well, all right. All right. So, um, are you going, Ethel, or are you staying? Given the present circumstances, I probably should remain behind. I'm a liability if there's some kind of altercation. We don't I'm want you in any more trouble than you already are. I am sorry. No, it's all right, Ethel. You stay here. You study. You let us know if you find anything. I, I will do that. Okay. I make sure I have both of my weapons, and I tell both of the ladies that they might want to make sure that they have the things that the general has provided them as well. <laughs> okay. So you guys head across town, and... I know a shortcut. <laughs> you ladies might want to wear high and gold boots. <laughs> Through everything. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you get there uh, to the apartment building, and you go up to the door, and you hear the hideous buzz of lots of bugs. No! Lots of flies. You ladies might not want to see this. Oh, I can already smell it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's very, very strong. Oh, this won't be I'm my, so sorry. This won't be my first time walking in on something like this, but I, I warn you, it's not something you walk away from easily, so you might want, you might want to step back. You might not want to see what's behind the door. Eugenia. <laughs> Specifically. You really might not want to see what's behind this door. Maybe I'll, I'll stand guard? Please. Yes. So the two of you enter, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's you. I've wrapped something around my face. Yeah, there's like my handkerchief. Oh, yeah. there's, there's so all strong. strong. All these um, flies are just everywhere, and um, the door to the bedroom is is open. I slowly walk in, lying on the bed with uh, two bullets in both of them. Is Wilford and Rick. Oh no. I'm so sorry, Maggie. I cover them with a a blanket. We're going to have to dispose of them. I'm not sure where we can go. We can't can't go to the authorities with this. No. I I hate to say it, but I've got I've got some experience getting rid of bodies in an unusual way. Ladies, can I speak with you a moment? What's going on, yes. Eugenia? Is everything all right? It's fine, but I, I need to speak with you. By your gasps, I'm guessing it was a grim scene. Yes, Mum. Might I, might I suggest we simply walk away? We've nothing to do with this. We did not do this. We do not need to dispose of the bodies. If anyone has seen us come here today, we are already going to be on the list. That's true. We can or, walk. Or we call the authorities immediately. 
I'll do it. Because if we if we get caught trying to dispose of these bodies, everything is over. And we I, uh, did not commit these murders. I have a feeling no one's going to be checking in on them, given the state of their bodies thus far. So, um, I don't think we're in a terrible hurry. Uh, but I have... I have worked with Mr. Graves in the past. If we wanted, he could come collect the bodies at night. And perhaps he would be able to, to advise us on Proper protocol. ether for, for the church. Oh. He does dabble in apothecary. Well, I suppose. I, I know you just want to walk away, Eugenia, and that might be the easiest, but I think we need to give them a proper burial if we can. Well, they yes, were. I, I'm not saying the easiest, but the smartest is is what I'm thinking. Mr. Graves tends to be relatively discreet. Very. I've, I've had to have, <laughs> with everything that happened with Fran and Craggy, unfortunately I had to have more than one body discreetly removed from the rose petal. Then we'll, we'll do it that way. If you want to head home, Eugenia, I'll, I'll make a stop by Mr. Graves. I'm, I'm so sorry about Wilford. I'm sorry, too. He was quite a nice young man. And Rick. They saved me, you know. They were both lovely. All right. I'll, I'll head to Mr. Graves, and um, you head back home. Let Ethel know what's, what's, what's gone on. Will do. This is actually a really good place for us to stop this particular episode, so... Uh, thank you guys so much. That was a lot of fun. Lots of stuff happened. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because um, we real. studied at yeah. the library last yeah. episode. Yeah. And we were ready for anything coming at us. <laughs> right. It helped, you know, just being in the library helped me to be able to have ideas. More that you know. So. <laughs> the more you know. Okay. Thank you all for listening. I'm going to talk about Patreon real quick. Uh, come by, support us. We make great things for you to listen to and your support will help us make more great things. So that's basically our pitch. Weekly show. Weekly show. Uh, so go by there uh, just type in 12 side stories and we'll be good to go let's go to social media and start with Terry <laughs> oh my god hi um, go to um, at the Terry Gamble on the Facebook Instagram and the Twitter um, you can also reach me at horror movie survival guide not horrors horror movie survival guide <laughs> that sounds better um, uh, you can find me on Instagram and then we are the letter R into survival on um, the Twitter um, or just look for us on Stitcher and iTunes it's a fun podcast about scary movies we're covering lots of really cool stuff. I'm excited. New movies, old movies, all of them now. Awesome. Yay. Mm-hmm. And hello, I'm Kelsey Osborne. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Kelsey Kelsum, K-E-L-S-E-Y-K-E-L-S-E-M. I'm Mac Beauvais. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as at Strange Like That. You can also type it into your convenient Ouija board. <laughs> and uh, you can also find me over at the Happy Jacks RPG podcast, where I'm in a couple of games and will be running one very soon. And I'm Michelle Otis. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Michulu. That's M I C H U L H U. 
And I am Wes Otis. You can use um, my sound effects from Plate Mail Games in your games. You can also find me on Twitter at Plate Mail Games. Uh, just go to either Battle Bards and sign up for a subscription or buy a couple of tracks and you're all set to go. Or you can go to DriveThruRPG. Thank you all so much for listening and we will talk at you soon. Bye.